welcome to a Conversations of Change podcast with Dr. Jen Fram. You're listening to an eight-minute shock for a sharp hit of change. Why eight minutes? Because sometimes ten minutes is hard to find. Hello everybody, it's Dr. Jen Fram, and I'm here with another one of our sharp hit of change or our hashtag shocks. Just a little bit of a reminder, these ones are only eight minutes in length and the purpose of that is to keep it sharp and focused and making the invisible of change practice quite visible. If you're really enjoying them, get onto iTunes, leave me a five-star review um, so that more people know about it. But today, I'm absolutely delighted to introduce Gilbert Crudnier. Gilbert, welcome to the Shocks. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Gilbert, tell us, what are you working on at the moment? I'm a change manager at Deakin University for the Degrees at Future Learn program, and I'm working with educators to get them to embrace digital teaching and learning, which is a challenge when you're talking to academics, but also a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds great. So tell me, what was your entry into the world of change management? Well, I came from the net avoids of project management. Mm -hmm. I was one of those hard-nosed project managers. I just wanted to do my project, work the Lean Six Sigma schedule, get everything sorted and done. And then I was out the door. So that was 2003. But after a couple of years, I found that it just made me really sad every time because there were outcomes and there were results, but people weren't happy and I wasn't happy. So I started to look into the human dynamics of things. Mm -hmm. And that really got me excited. So by 2006, I was getting invested in lean and then the Toyota kind of lean, not the American kind of lean. Uh Very different. And uh, before I knew it, in 2010, I started my change uh, and culture master's degree. Yes. And from there on, it was just uh, an uphill path and not a struggle uh, to get ADCAR certified and meet a lot of interesting change management people. Um, Since I came to Australia, that cohort has only grown and grown. And I now have a global network of all sorts of change enthusiasts who keep inspiring me. Yeah. And and you're quite extraordinary in the sense that um, you are both engaged and engaging in in the change world so you know um i'll post in the i'll put in the post as well but you do blog on the topic um you've been very active in volunteering for various change management communities and and stuff like that tell me where did you do your education you mentioned uh, a master's in change yeah it's a business school in the netherlands that nobody in australia has ever heard of Uh but i particularly liked it because the professors and uh, phds that actually taught the course they were very practical so there was none of this theoretical stuff that you can get from books yep. it was all people from practice so there was a very important component about personal leadership mm-hmm. and organizational leadership there was a component about the process side of change because well there are some processes and you don't have to talk about them you have to know about them mm-hmm. uh, but the part that I most enjoyed was the HR part strangely yeah. enough because I'm not necessarily an HR process person mm-hmm. but there was a lot of human interaction there and a lot of opportunity to see how you could improve the world the world of work from people um, big fan of the future of work yep. and everything that's changing. And I think there's a lot of challenges coming our way. Uh, but um, just reading about it and listening to other people who are clearly experts in their field just makes me really excited and makes me want to give back to the profession. Oh, that's lovely. That's that's quite exciting. So, Gilbert, tell us about, since the time you've been a change practitioner, tell us about a change that you're really proud of and, and why was it so? Um, I think the change that I'm most proud of um well, back beginning of 2017, mm-hmm. I got the opportunity to work with a couple of uh, disability care providers as 
you probably know and all listeners to the podcast as well, is the NDIS is coming, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. I I had a lot of practice saying that. (laughs) Um, But the care providers in the disability sector, they're very stretched. There's not a lot of money to go around and they have to work on shoestring budgets because Mm. there's not a lot of money coming in. But they still have to prepare and they have to get ready for a future that is uncertain to them because they used to get the money. Now the money's going to the clients, which everybody seems to think a really great idea until you no longer get the money. So I had a great opportunity to work with a number of care providers Mm -hmm. and also with Salvation Army to make them a bit more change ready for it and to actually talk about the things that worry them. So it's only a very small contribution, but I like to think that I've made a contribution to... It had a uh, ripple effect. Yeah, absolutely. And and hopefully it will improve the lives of the most vulnerable people in society. Yeah, that's that's special stuff. Conversely then, um, without sharing names of who Mm. or incriminating evidence, uh, can you tell us a little bit about a change that didn't go so well and what you learned from it? Of course. Uh, I've got many examples (laughs) (laughs) because as we learn uh, or as we go, we grow and learn. Uh, And I can actually name this name because I've used this example many, many times. It's a Dutch lady called Marijke. And in 2009, I was working for a rail infrastructure uh, company, which is the people who take care of the rail tracks. Um, Marijke was in the financial department. And at some point, out of the blue, I walked past her uh, desk every morning and said hello and goodbye like every other day. So this morning, I woke up and said, hey, Marijke, how are you going? Have a good day. And she just launched into me. Like everything is always so positive with you. Nothing can ever go wrong. And I was completely taken aback. And she said, and this this always stuck with me, I find your sense of positivity disgusting. Your, your approach disgusts me. And I, I obviously didn't know what to say. I mean, I was completely blown out of the water. So I walked onto my desk. I thought about it. And two days later, I went back to her and I apologized because I had come to the realization that my view of what the change was was completely different. And a lot more positive than what her view to change was. Yeah. Because to her, it just looked like all our toys were being taken away and everything else was going to be dramatic and, and bad. And I was just there to do a job. Yeah. So uh, from that, I learned that um, positivity is great, but bring it in doses and people appreciate you more. That is gorgeous. That is gorgeous. And uh, Marika, if you're listening, he has certainly learned from that uh, that lesson that you provided. Yes, Thank I have. <laughs> Advice to those who are new in the profession. What would you What would you offer them? I get a lot of questions um, from people starting in in the sector about that, and I think it's really undervalued to get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, find a change manager that you like or appreciate or admire. Start humble. You don't have to be them. Mm-hmm. Just listen to them. Listen a lot to them, and then uh, pay it forward by trying to make them proud in uh, the the profession that you've chosen. Um, I think another really important thing that I get a lot of flack from from other more senior than myself change managers is seniority is not important. It doesn't matter if you've been in the business for two months, two years, 20 years. If you've got a great great idea, challenge the status quo. Do it. Mm -hmm. Just go out there and try it because people might just be waiting for your new idea. It's always a bit challenging, but it works for them. Finally, where do you go to top up your knowledge, your energy, your spirit about change management? What's your go-to resources? Uh, It's really boring because I just go to LinkedIn and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Twitter to get some inspiration. It takes a little while before you build that network Mm -hmm. and that you have people in there uh, that you find worth following. So took a couple of trials and errors. Um, Sometimes I go to meetups. Sometimes I go to the, the Change Management Institute events or any other event that's around town. 
Recently, I've taken a liking to the agile side of things. Yes. So business agility, not agile software stuff. Yeah. I'm quite excited about that as well. And uh, yeah, that's that's generally enough to keep me going. And there's always the internet. If you're lacking uh, inspiration, there's so much good stuff out there. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time on this show. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this shock, then do share with your colleagues and friends. You can find more at conversationsofchange.com.au, at Jen Fram on Twitter, or Conversations of Change on the Facebook.